Hello Gasheads and welcome to the latest instalment of Gascast. I'll be your host Tom Metcalf and joining me today is the ever-present Max Alderson and debutant Michael Willett. Today we are calling from yours and my favourite pub, The Sporty. Before we get stuck in, a word from our sponsor, Kahuna Flooring. Kahuna supply and fit all types of flooring for your home and workplace. Steve comes to you with a sample selection service and offers deals on supplied and fitted carpets, vinyls, LVT, such as Candine and Amtico, engineered wood and more. We can guarantee that Kahuna's flooring is durable at the back, strong through the middle, with a classy finish up top. A lot more than you can say about Rovers at the moment. Get in touch with Steve today on 07917-667-777 and mention GasCast to receive 10% off all orders. So Mike, it's great to have you on. Uh, Thanks for having me. Let's get to know you a little bit better. How long have you supported Rovers and how did you become a Gashead? Uh Well, I've been a, been a Gashead since birth and, uh, you know, just absolutely, absolutely love the gas. I born in Ashton, went to Ashton Park School, so I feel like I've uh, sort of... Sort of earned my stripes a little bit. Um, yeah, that, that was tricky, but no, just just love the gas, and I got a big Bristol Rovers supporting family. So uh, my first season ticket season was um, ninety nine two thousand season, where we just bottled the playoffs under uh, Ian Holloway. But probably probably the best season I've seen since. It was the best football I think I've seen. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I, I've been in love ever since, and um, you know, been a season ticket holder ever since as well. So lovely. Uh, Blackthorn. Blackthorn ends. Blackthorn. Yep. yep. Fair enough. Um, yeah, nice one. And you couldn't have better picked a better time to come on. Lots to discuss. Uh, since we last recorded, we've played twice and lost twice. We went down 2-0 at home to Whipswitch, where it's fair to say we hung on before Max Aimer decided to break the deadlock by nodding into his own net. And our misery was compounded on the 89th minute when Nolan breezed into our box and put the game beyond doubt. Uh, last weekend, saw us got <laughs> get destroyed 4-1 away to Doncaster. Despite a promising start, Doncaster's strength and now proved too much and we didn't help ourselves with some abysmal defending. Leahy's cute lob pulled it back to 2-1 in the first half, but this proved to merely be a consolation. Uh, Max, start with you. Uh, Charlie Hayne asks us, what do you think we work on in training defensive-wise? Honestly, it's a shambles UTG. Yeah, it is a shambles, he's right. Um, I think in open play, the two sides for most of the game were pretty even. Um, the game was decided through our awful defending of set pieces um, and their clinical nature up front. And, you know, we were not clinical and we were sloppy at the back. And it was abysmal. The organisation for both set pieces um, that put, put Doncaster 2-0 up were schoolboy. We were just not clearing our lines. Um, the fouls we gave away were really sloppy and they were both fouls, despite what Garner said in his post-match. Um, I, th- I thought they were both clear fouls and probably both yellow cards. Um, from both our centre backs and yeah the, the defending was, was atrocious so I don't know what we do uh, t- in training to kind of def- work on work on those set pieces because it's, it's it's a mystery to me um, and it's not the first time either we've seen it in previous games that um, opposition's uh, teams have scored from set pieces so yeah real point of frustration for me because I thought that game was pretty winnable um, we looked to match them for, for, for most of the game but yeah just really really poor defensively and going forwards do you think it's mainly on Ghana to drill the players at set pieces? Or do you think yes. they should? You, yeah. you don't think it's the players' responsibility to pick up their men and do their jobs? Of, of course, but what have they been instructed differently? We don't know what the kind of setup is tactically from these set pieces. And ultimately, that falls with the manager and the coaching staff. We have to work on these in training. Surely we work on our defensive shape and our set pieces. It's kind of a staple of any solid side. Is is especially in this league when there are a lot of strong teams who rely on set pieces to score goals 
if we're not working on it, then it's simply naive. Uh, and if we are working on it, it's clearly not working. So we need to kind of change what we are doing because it's a real area area of weakness for us. Yeah, we've we've looked definitely porous, and I think the thing that frustrated me about all of those uh, the goals, the set piece ones especially, was just the amount of chances we had to clear our lines, and we just didn't, and it was just sloppy. Do you, do you think that we're maybe being asked to play at the back in those situations? No, no, just get it out. It's in our box. Are you get sure? It, get out. <laughs> we seem to be quite a play it out the backside at the minute, and some of those headers. I don't know if we were trying to head it wide to a fullback rather than away or clear it. I'm not sure what we were trying to do. It was it was really, I couldn't make any rhyme or reason to what we were trying to do in those set pieces. I think I think you've got to wonder what the coaching setup is like as well at the moment because when Coughlin uh, was worked under Daryl Clark, he was the defence coach, and then when he took over as gaffer, obviously he was the defence manager, and we all saw that. But since Garner's come in, I'm not really sure what we're, what plan we've got, and it clearly i mean I, I think you think you get in a proper defensive coach in that team and we do look a lot stronger but it does look like there's a lack of any real kind of know-how back at the back particularly with players that we know are, are capable like Alfie kilgore yeah i completely agree um mike good segue actually alfie played it right back against uh donny and he had an absolutely torrid time against uh, jason lokilo um their number 10 absolutely running ragged i thought how much are we missing? Well, we're missing three potential starters at right back: Little, Hare, and Rodman. How how big a miss are they at the minute? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm worried about Alfie because I I, I I agree he had, a, he had a really poor game on on the weekend. I think I think there's um I, I think he needs to be in the centre of that three for me. I think that's that's where he's most comfortable. And in terms of like. I think in, in terms of who you play at right back, I mean, obviously, obviously you want um, you want like little back. He's a, a very experienced uh, full back because I think he's actually started the season very well. I, d- I didn't think I'd be saying that, but I, I think we certainly miss him. And when little missed the game, and then uh, Garner brought in McCormick as a replacement or as a, you know, to someone to come in, you thought you instantly lose that experience that that little brought to the team. So I think we've got a lot to learn, and I, you know, I'm not really sure who comes in that's going to really improve things at the moment. Yeah, we're going to talk about potential wins uh, a bit later on, but you both touched on it so far, experience. Um, we've had a lot of questions in from, from listeners on this theme. So Craig Pynchon, Tim Rose, Russell Tester, Weeksy, and Paul Finch have all asked if we need more leaders and experience in the team. Max, do you think what that is what the back four is missing? The back four, I'm not sure. Um, going back to what, what you were just saying, Mike, um, at right back, Kilgore was playing right back in a, in a flat back four, which is obviously not his natural position. Mark Little is our most experienced player in the entire squad. He's made more championship appearances than anyone else, more football league appearances than anyone else. Um, he brings a whole wealth of experience, and I think that kind of showed in the first two games. He looked fit, he looked ready, and he added so much to us on that right-hand side, um, certainly defensively, maybe not offensively, um, compared to someone like Rodman or Josh Hare, but he looked pretty solid, and I thought in a, in a flat-back four, he kind of would have been perfect for uh, the Doncaster game, but I don't know he's, if he's injured again. It's just one of those where he doesn't look like someone we can rely on. Um, and without him in the side, against Doncaster, we had three players starting the game, who were over the age of 23. Everyone else was 23 and under. So we had Yakola, Aimer, and Leahy, and uh, everyone else was 23 and under. You know, and those, those three players are at the back. You know, that's, a, that's a goalkeeper, a centre-back, and a left-back. 
everyone else, you know, pretty much a checker trade side. I mean, obviously they've got more quality than that, and they all of them look good signings as individuals. But I really question if there's any leadership and experience, particularly in games like Doncaster, to kind of you know gel, hold that team together and help us drive forwards because it does feel like it's such a young side and they've not really been there and done it before and it, they're kind of finding their feet not just at Rovers but as pro footballers altogether. Mike do you think we miss Tony Craig like Amo was meant to be the like for like replacement but it doesn't feel like he's really giving the players a bollocking like Tony would. No I, I you know I actually I, I don't think we do miss Tony Craig um, I know that's probably uh, unpopular amongst your listeners but I I um I don't think that's the answer. I, I do think a lack of leadership certainly at the back, and I think Amer's got to got to really step up. Because I think that's the problem. Um, you know, t- Tony Craig was very good at kind of you know he makes a tackle, and suddenly you know, so even if like Elfie makes a tackle, you know Tony Craig's going over to him like you know what on you know. It, whereas we're not really seeing that kind of leadership from Amer. So I yeah, I appreciate that Tony definitely brought that to the table, but I think. You know, certainly at the back and up front, there's a lack of real knowledge uh, of how to, how to really sort of work other players into the game, I think. So um, so I think, you know, in the middle, we look okay. But that, you know, going forwards and going backwards, we're, we're all over the shop. And that's, that's got to, you've got to sort that out pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's a, a fantastic segue to start talking about our attack. <laughs> um, Leahy, obviously, he scored a beauty against Donny. I think that was an absolutely fantastic finish. Um, which now makes him our top goal scorer on two goals. Uh, Max, do you think the strikers are starved of service or profligate in front of goal? Starved of service. I mean, Hanlon in his two games he started for us has had one chance, probably a half chance at that against uh, Ipswich at home when it, that ball came over the top and he probably messed up his touch. Other than that, I he's think not really actually I'm going to disagree. I think that was. I think he should have done a lot better. He should have done a lot better. I'm not saying that that's that's not really because he wasn't prolific I think he's just messed his touch up um, in terms of chances created for him or Iunga in either of the games we've played they've not really had any chances that I thought oh how's he missed that compared to like you know Max Amer's chance at the, at the far post um, from obviously he's a centre-back so he's not going to be as clinical but you know that's a chance I don't think I've seen Hanlon have a chance and been like oh my gosh he's missed it for me we're just not creating. In the, in the middle of the park, I think we looked a lot better against Doncaster. The three in the midfield definitely helped. McCormick brought a lot of energy and he looked really good on the ball. He kept the ball well. Um, Westbrook was able to kind of, he kind of sat a bit deeper, but he was able to turn a bit more and spread a few few wider passes. But for me, the front three is just not working. I don't know if it's too narrow or what, but um, Mitchell Lawson and um, who played on the left-hand side, it was Daly. Daly played well. Um, they're, they're not out and out wingers really um, they're both kind of number 10s and they're sitting behind that main striker and we're just not getting to the byline and getting crosses in um, which is fine if we don't want to do that and we want to play more narrow but if you're playing narrow you kind of need players to be able to play that decisive pass which we're just not doing so we're not getting crosses in and we're not getting through balls in so overall we're not creating Is it are the crosses not meant to be coming from the, f- the wing backs in our system? Yeah probably should be but you know the fact that um, the fact that Leahy and Little in previous games have been kind of under the cosh defensively uh, is a case of they can't get forwards because they're trying to do their defensive duties. Now against Doncaster, it was probably more of an opportunity to go for it from wing back, but we were playing a flat back four with Kilgore in one wing and um, Leahy as a left back on the other. So it's very difficult um, for them to get forwards. 
And I think maybe, I'm not sure if Garner should have stuck to his guns and stuck with his formation against Doncaster or if the three in the middle was kind of him. I don't know if he was reassessing things and thinking maybe we're a bit weak in the middle at the minute. Could he have stuck? Because you look at, if, if he stuck to his guns and played wing backs, who are you going to play at right wing back? I mean, Hare and Rodman were both injured, so it's difficult. I probably would have, I don't know. That's a good question. The, the, the problem I think is probably well, why he changed shape. Yeah. I think you've got like a situation where it seems like the tactic is get the ball up to Hanlon on the halfway line and then he's got about 60 yards to try and turn and, and, and win a free kick or something. It appears to be like if he can't turn his man and, and maybe feed someone else in, then it all falls apart. If it doesn't get to Hanlon, it just comes straight back. You need more, you need more than one outlet, don't you? You need, yeah. you need different players to be able to attack from different areas. Yeah. And it's kind of like he wants the midfield three because we've looked very weak in the middle with just Grant and Westbrook. But he doesn't want to... So he wants a midfield three, but he doesn't want to sacrifice the wing backs. So surely the logical thing is to play uh, a 5-3-2, but he doesn't want to sacrifice that front three. So it's kind of like he's trying to get the positives of each of those three things, but he can't fit it in one formation. And it's just he needs to figure out what his best team is. And for me, I'd like to see us try 5-3-2. Um, and maybe put Nicholson left wing back so we've kind of got that more attacking option than Leahy um, and Josh Hare at right back so get a bit of pace and some crosses into to our two physical strikers we've got yeah I, I don't see why it's worth a go at this point nothing I mean, else like, is working Mets you look at that shape what, what do you, why do you think it's not working me personally I think I think it is like you said it's, it's trying to do all things at once trying to do too many things I think at the moment against Ipswich it was a lot of we looked lost in our style completely we're just hoofing it up aimlessly to Hanlon and hoping for the best which is I mean it's, it goes back to Garnable really and then against um, Donny we did play it on the ground a lot more but there's no set style it was kind of in into the channels for Hanlon a lot more which was upsetting to see because I want to see him playing in the box basically and just sticking him away so why it's not working, I don't know. I, couldn't I mean, a lot of people are frustrated because we talked about Ghana coming in and playing nice football, but there seems to be no game plan, like you just said, and I think that's where a lot of frustration currently lies. I think as well, sorry, just to go back to the, the experience point as well, is that we do actually look all right until it starts to go wrong and, and, you, and it, you can start to see it unravel. So, yeah. you, you know, against Sunderland, brilliant until the last 10, 15 minutes and it all started to go wrong. Same with Ipswich, we looked all right for a while, then Ipswich score and it all unravels. And same here, like Don, Doncaster did okay, then go 1-0 down and the heads drop and they don't know how to get back into it. I don't think they got that confidence that they're going to score. No, and that comes back to leaders. You know, you yeah. need those people who, when you're down, give you a kick at the ass and... Get on with it. Um, no one, no one's shouting at anyone else on the pitch. I don't see anyone giving anyone no. else a rollicking, which Tony Craig always did. Um, and you know, I, I kind of am, was expecting Max Aimer to kind of be the perfect replacement. And I'm not trying to single out any individuals in the team because I don't really think anyone's really at fault. But I just think that, that there's, like you say, there's not enough leaders all across the pitch, especially in the, in the, both the midfield and up front. All of our experiences at the back, and you know, I think we all know that we need maybe more a more experienced forward in the squad. Yeah, absolutely, and that actually segues nicely onto um, Ghana. We've talked a lot about Hanlon. He seems to be the focal point of our attack for for Ghana now. Do you think, Mike, he can be our twenty goal a season striker that we need? Uh, I don't think he's going to get twenty. Um, I think I think 
we'd be... I mentioned earlier about the 99-2000 season. I think we had Kieran and Roberts, who both got 22 goals each. I think we'd be, we'd be lucky to have a part strike partnership that gets 22 goals between them, I think, at the moment. But I do like Hannon. I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. Strong, looks quite quick, holds the ball up really well. But I don't think he's got the goal scorer that we want. And I think if things do start to click and they start to get a better understanding, I think that's where you start to see JML, Nicholson. You're hoping that you look to them, really, as well, to chip in with goals. At the moment, you just you can't see it. Yeah, and this it's is... Handling or nothing. This is where I thought... Well, this is what I think that Ghana thinks, and it might be just what I'm thinking, is he's got Handling in to kind of be the hold-up player and then play in JML, play in Nicholson and be that kind of focal point. He might not be basically a like-for-like replacement for JCH, you know, minus the, the odd wonder goal. Um, you, Max, do you think that's that's the kind of plan, is um, get it into Hanlon and move off of him, or is it...? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a 20-goal striker, and he definitely won't be if we don't create any chances for him. So, you know, he's not... We're not giving him service, so how is he supposed to score goals? And that was, that was even the case with, with uh, Clark Harris. He was never really one to finished chances he was one to sort of shrug off a defender and think sod this I'm having a crack um, he made his own chances and it's been that way for a while at Rovers you know Billy yeah. Bowden did the same Ellis Harrison often fashioned his own chances and you know ever since you know I go back to Chris Lyons leaving we've had a void of creativity in the side um, we're hoping Westbrook can be that the team's not quite clicked yet I'm sure he'll probably once we get going and pick up some results he'll be a lot a lot more influential um, but yeah it, it does look like until we kind of start creating chances for that front three, it's going to be Hanlon using his strength to hold up the ball and play in those two number 10s for us to create um, our primary chances in matches because I can't really see where else the chance creation is coming from because the midfield in a two-man is far too busy to focus on having the ball and playing that pass and the wing-backs just aren't getting high enough. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, they've been pinned back each of the games and just completely ineffective. Um, the thing that most frustrated me about the Donny game, I kind of expected that we would lose and I kind of expected that we'd lose heavily. Um, the defensive mis- how easy we made it for them really upset me, but what upset me more was Garner in his post-match coming out and blaming basically the referee saying that it's all his fault and, you know, we're brilliant. Um, Mike, what, what did you make of it? Uh, well, it was a bit of a car crash interview, really. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned it to you guys earlier that I think I, I do. I do think he's actually trying to protect the players, and it, it doesn't really wash with the fans. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned about Daryl Clark. You, he was actually very, very good at talking to the press after a defeat because he would sound like a fan. Whereas Garner, he's kind of trying to pull the wall over ours a bit by saying, "Oh, the referee missed this," and he's talking about games like weeks ago. You know, and and he's, I think he's trying to defend the players. But it was a terrible interview, and and he, he needs to he needs to stop doing that. That was one of my issues with him last season. Was I thought stop mooning about the referee? We can all see that there's bigger problems here. If he thinks it's the referee that's the issue, we've got big problems. I think. If he is trying to protect the players, then why not do what Daryl Clark did and take the blame yourself and say, look, I got the tactical setup wrong today. Um, I didn't focus on def- defensive set pieces this week or whatever. Don't come out and try and even... He was even absolving himself of blame. <laughs> yeah. It was not just the players. He was shielding... He was almost trying to deflect blame from himself, which is, I think, what irked a lot of people. I, I, yeah, I agree, actually. Like, I, I do think you know, 
find to blame the referee. You know, if you think a certain incident in the game, you know, might have cost you a, a big moment in the match, but definitely highlight the fact that we kept giving away cheap free kicks. The fact that we can't seem to defend our own box. You know, got to highlight these things because we're all seeing it. You know, we're not daft. We're gonna we're gonna pick up on these things. So to not highlight that in his interview. I don't know, that, that was that was poor, really. Yeah, and like, I can understand it for the Sunderland game with the, the incident that should have been a red card. That is something you kind of do mention in your post-match presser, but Definitely. after a 4-1 mauling where if we had a different ref, we still would have been beaten convincingly, I'm not sure it's the best route to go down. Yeah, yeah and thank you, Andrew Keynes, for that question. I forgot to mention him at the start. Uh, on to our next question uh, for you, Max. Uh, David Tanner has asked, all the way from Australia... He's asked if we're seeing any signs of Ghana's game plan coming across. No, not really. Um, I think it's not helped. We've had a tough start. Uh, I don't think we were ever going to play picture-perfect football against both Sunderland and Ipswich, regardless if it was home or away. Um, and, and against Doncaster, he changed the shape, so it's hard to see if this 3-4-3 um, formation is, is going to work this season until we kind of see it this Saturday against Northampton, if he does go for it or if he sticks with 4-3-3. Um, so I kind of saw glimpses of it in pre-season and it looked good, especially against Cardiff. We watched the Cardiff game. I, I did commentary with uh, with you, Duke. Um, Duke, who's with us producing today. Um, we, and we looked really good. Like, and we, we changed 11 players and we still looked good against an experienced Cardiff side. And I was starting to see the signs of it. Um, and then this season, you know, in the competitive games, it's been, I haven't really seen the same, the same things we saw in pre-season. So part of me wants to give it time, but I'm also really worried about the way this side is set up to defend um, and the lack of experience being brought in. Those are the main warning bells for me that are kind of affecting how I'm looking at Ghana's um, implementation of his brand of football because it's kind of been spoiled by things which other managers would notice and fix quickly if that yeah. makes sense yeah absolutely and I think you've been very generous to Duke saying that he's producing when he's just sat here drinking Guinness <laughs> uh, that's very nice of you um, Mike any any inkling that Garner's getting his style of play across to the players um, I, I think you can sort of see as I mentioned before I think like initially we tend to start these games fairly well like that the high press is there there's some nice football I think you can definitely see the Westbrook you know, can keep possession and that you can see that the instruction is keep the ball keep the ball but it just doesn't last and that, that the ball keeps coming back like we lose possession it's like pass 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 lose possession and then we and then we you know then we're under pressure and it, you, you can kind of see you can kind of see his style but you just wonder how long we're going to have to wait before this finally clicks because it doesn't feel like we're close so it's going to take a while, I think, and it's just the question is, you know, do do we do we persevere with this, um, or do we do we look to get out now? But you know, I I, I want to stick with him, but we'll yeah. see. We'll we'll definitely be coming on to that one. Um, I don't think it helped with Donny, like we said. Um, uh, Alfie shuffled out to right back of a flat back four, which is against our normal style. Just looking at the injuries, we've got Rodman, Little, Nicholson, Davis, Hare, and Barrett all out. So I think. Maybe with a fuller squad, potentially, he can kind of do a bit more with it. But we'll move on to the big one, seeing as you've raised it, Mike. <laughs> in a rank. Uh, I'm in, for now. Um, you know, I, I, I am kind of changing my mind all the time. But generally, for me, it's I kind of come out of a, a, a big defeat like that, and I'm raging on Saturday, and I'm often thinking, you know, he's probably got to go. But in my, part of my, my therapy, really, is kind of just, you know, 
take an evening and then you know chat and have a good chat with my dad about it on the Sunday and he, he's he's got a pretty good way of just kind of you know putting it in a nice sort of positive way he, I mean he's not happy by, by any stretch but kind of makes me kind of think uh, maybe we should persevere with it just for now they've backed him heavily in the summer you know that, that is obvious they feel I think they believe in his um, in his vision but you know we're football fans we, we, we're not just going to accept being beaten every week so the, the next few games are absolutely massive so let's see what we're like after maybe three more games three more games alright <laughs> you heard it here first Max I think the board will give him till the end of October I think they'll give him ten games regardless um, so it's you know for me to say get him out now I think it's irrelevant because I think we could lose like the next three four games but until those ten games are played um, they're not going to make a decision, I don't think, because I just don't think they're going to think it's fair to sack a manager after three games, even if it has been 20 games you know, last season as well. I think they'll want to give this more of a chance. But for me, he's losing my support game on game. Um, his, post-match, his post-match after Doncaster really lost me um, as a fan of his, as a supporter of his. Um, I was kind of on board even at halftime yesterday. I thought, I thought we're going to get something from the game because we just looked all right. We looked like we weren't out of it. And then the sloppy goals we conceded, I was like, that's just an abysmal performance. So for him to come out and blame it on the ref, I really kind of just lost support for him, um, even though you know, I kind of will always be behind Rovers. Um, it's, it's really tough for me to defend him anymore. Um, and if he was sacked tomorrow, I would probably not have much of a problem with it. Um, as that said, if the decision was down to me personally, I would say if he loses against Northampton this Saturday, I would sack him if I was in charge um, but I'm not in charge and I think the board have invested a lot in him as a person and this project and I think they'll give it 10 games I, I think actually as well when, when you actually compare his record to say Paul Buckle he's actually, he's actually got to go some to actually meet the to great to, Paul Buckle. To, 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 to meet the great man's uh, yeah, <laughs> the great low man. expectations yeah. uh, that he set us the great man himself yeah the great man so yeah, yeah his record is truly awful yeah. but you know I, I, there is something about it I, I just want to back him but we'll, we'll see how it goes what do you think Matt let's get your opinion on uh, it I'd give him till the end of October and if we're not seeing signs of improvement <laughs> if not great improvement then um, yeah I'd, I'd basically bin him um, thank you very much to John Sands and Jake Barber for that one um, Max Aaron, aka Agigas, which I quite like the uh, quite like that tag on Twitter. Uh, he's asked if the players need to take some responsibility for the poor form. We'll go for you, Mike. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, we, we, again, we sort of come back to leaders. Um, you know, I, I, I can't remember who it was. It was an ex-pro on on Five Live the other day who was saying about generally as a manager you want your real senior players to kind of manage the dressing room. And I just, I wonder who's actually doing that amongst the group. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. You wonder, like, who's actually, like, like, like you say, giving, giving players the bollockings, really. And I think without that, it's all a bit nice. It's all a bit, oh, let's just blame the referee. Like, like when, when the foul, when we, when we thought there might have been a foul on Leahy for the second goal, they're all surrounding the referee. No one's actually pointing at each other to say, yeah, why weren't you picking up the man? Yeah. So I, I think I think they do need to look at themselves. They can't just keep pointing the finger at the referee each time. So it, it's a concern that that hasn't been drilled in. You'd hope after a b- bad defeat like that that they're actually gonna, you know, like it's one of those moments where like right, we got we got to shape up here. But uh, fingers crossed, I guess. Yeah, hopefully it's a, a, a corner <laughs> turned. Um, 
There's an extended transfer window this season uh, with the, inf- the EFL confirming that the window for international registrations closes at 11pm on Monday the 5th of October with an agreement in place with the Premier League for an extended two-week domestic-only window which will close at 5pm on Friday the 16th of October which isn't all that nice far away. Nice and straightforward away. then, isn't it? Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I, I thought it was well convoluted. Um, Max, George Tinknell and Harry Andrews asks... If Rovers are likely to do any more business before the windows close, the window closes, sorry. And where would you strengthen? Um, I would add experience up front, um, probably in the number ten position behind the strikers. Uh, I think in terms of hold-up play, Ayunga and Hanlon are probably good enough. Particularly Hanlon, I've liked his hold-up play, um, but I kind of I'm looking for more strength and better movement from the other two. Uh, Mitchell Lawson's not really got going yet I know he won the penalty at Sunderland but I think he's had two quiet games against Doncaster and Ipswich we're obviously missing Nicholson he's there's no doubt he has quality and that we'll see more of that for sure but I would just like a more experienced number 10 in um, because I think if you bring in an experienced number 9 you then what's the point in bringing Hanlon in he's not really going to play as a 10 I don't think he might do I mean he's quite quick but he's there to be a number 9 I think that's why he's got the number 9 shirt so I would say we definitely need an experienced forward Um, I couldn't give you a name I would have loved Ian Henderson in the summer he's gone to Salford um, from Rochdale so he's gone down to League 2 probably for a fair bit of wage I would imagine but he would kind of be my perfect number 10 experienced head scores bags of goals in any team um, he scored a hat-trick last week for, for Salford. So, yeah, there's no there's no point in me saying a player who's already gone, but that kind of player who's who's been there, done it, um, like you just said, Mike, as someone who can come into this dressing room and kind of pull everyone together and, and micromanage them on, on the pitch a bit better because this this team of players, is, is, they're so young and that's why I'm hesitant to go in on the players because I know that they're all kind of making their first stamp on on their careers as professionals and I don't want to put too much pressure on them but when you've got uh, you know eight of your starting 11 23 and under it's it's a big warning sign and and I'm just I don't know if we're going to get this experience in or if we're going to bring in another alone and and you you couple that with the fact that we've got a manager that also doesn't have much experience Um, so yeah across the board it's inexperienced even the assistant pretty inexperienced so yeah we need, need some experience I think where would you strengthen? Uh, again, I agree. I, I think actually up front, you know, say experience is, I think, key up there. Because um, I, I don't think we can bring in an, another centre half. Um, because well, I think we just got to stick with what we got there. The midfield, I think, has got potential to click. I think that, that genuinely looks the most encouraging for me. But up front, yeah, I, I, th- I agree, agree with Max. I think an experienced man up front should hopefully help. Yeah, looking at what we've already brought in, uh, our very own Oli Nino wants to know what are your early impressions of the new signings? Do any look an upgrade on the players that we've uh, been, they've been brought in to replace, Max? Um, that's a good question. Um, it's a fantastic question. Yeah, are any actually an upgrade? I would say Tony Craig played better for us than Aimer has played so far, so that could be one to watch he's probably going to as things go on get better but so far no uh, he hasn't been an upgrade on Tony Craig um, Circum going we've replaced with Westbrook and I think probably yes that is an upgrade I like the look of the Circum the recent Circum uh, not the first two season Circum yes I mean overall Circum as a player at present I think Westbrook is a better yeah. he's looked better and he's obviously much younger so I think that is an upgrade 
Josh Grant for Ollie Clark. Um, hard to say. Oh, for me, he's massively better. You think Grant's and, better? And better than Agogo as well. I, I really you rate You think him. Grant's been better than Agogo? I think so, yeah. For me. Uh, I, I like Grant I, as well. I think yeah, and I like Agogo. I like yeah. that kind of blood and thunder kind of midfielder, but I think Grant does the dirty work really well and can play a bit. I, yeah. I really like him. I don't think he's done anything wrong, put it that way. I would probably say that's probably on par for me at the minute, those two. Um, but obviously, Josh Grant is 21 and Ollie Clark is 28, I think. So probably an upgrade in terms of um, a prospect Potential. and kind of in terms of abilities about level. Up front, obviously, no. Uh, we've lost Jono, so that's, you know, we're not going to get anyone better than Jono in. Um, who else have we lost? Can you guys uh, think of anyone? Who, who else do we let go? Uh, Gavin Riley. We've probably upgraded on him with Nicholson. Yeah, probably almost definitely with Nicholson is a better player than Gavin Riley. Yeah, um, I think we're, we're scraping. Like a, a I'm yeah. scraping to see who else has <laughs> yeah. gone. Scraping around. Yeah, you got like the likes yeah. of Sam Matthews. Tom Nichols obviously is a big one. Oh, um, yeah. I, big I, loss. I think, the streets um, will never I think, forget. I know, he's got, <laughs> I know he's got two and two at Crawley, but um, for us, in the in the quarters, he didn't do it. So Maybe he'll be linked in the summer. You never know. Um <laughs> Now that we've thoroughly torn through all our players, uh, let's look ahead, look ahead to the Northampton game. Uh, they've actually had a decent start with one draw, one win and one loss after coming up through the playoffs last season. Uh, Bristol Rovers' own Chris Lyons has made a late sub-appearance against Shrewsbury so far. I don't think he's really played apart from that. Um, it seems unlikely, actually, that we will get to see him play on Saturday. Uh, Max, could I probe you for a score prediction? I've, I've, I've no idea what kind of Rovers are going to turn up. <laughs> I mean, like, if if we play like I've seen us play in pre-season and like I know we can play, I'm hoping we have some players back fit like Nicholson and Hare because I think that would really uh, improve us in, in the shape Garner wants to play. Then we should win. I think Northampton will be down there this season. I think they, they've lost um, more players than any team in this league. They've had the biggest squad churn. Um, and uh, the players they brought in, I think... Um, many, many pundits are saying is a big downgrade on last season they've lost some key players who they had on loan a part of that promotion push um, so yeah I, I think it's a must win and it's a game we should win uh, and do I think we will win that's a big one I don't know I think we're probably going to scrape a win 2-1 or 1-0 I'm going to go 2-1 2-1 Mike I'm going to go 1-0 Rovers but I, I, I'm going for a a defensive masterclass by all the players I've just kind of rubbished. <laughs> I think Aimer's going to pop up with a winner. Now I, I, I just I want to see us just get on the ball and actually try and play, like try and dictate the game. I mean, the three games we've had prior are so were so difficult on paper, and we all said, you know, this is going to be hard to get anything out of those three games, and we, we struggled to to get a point. And I think you know that's that's hard to take, but I think in this one, this is the opportunity now to actually. No, we're, we're in control here. We're, we're the team that should be winning this one. So I, I want us. I want us to be really on on the front foot from the get go, and, and let's see what this this Garner ball is actually like. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, I spot on. And for me, if we don't come out with a really positive performance, then I don't really know what I can back for for Ben Garner, Ben Garner's Bristol Rovers, because this is this is the benchmark now. This is he has to go out and get a good performance, and if he doesn't against Northampton side, no disrespect to them, who I think will be down there at home then what is there to be really positive about in this regime yeah yeah I completely completely agree with the pair of you um, we've got uh, time for one last question and it's a cracker 
from big friend of the show, Lucy Ford. She wants to know, if you could do a team talk to the players this weekend, what would you say and why? Uh, well, I, I'd probably... If I'm Ben Garner, I'm probably being really nice to the players. And I'm probably just like, come on, lads. Come on, lads. Just, you know, remember, remember, it's the referee that's the problem. <laughs> You're doing absolutely fine. Just keep the ball. And when you lose possession, don't that's probably... It probably should have been a foul in the build-up. Um, no, I, I mean, I'd be... You know, I, I don't know what Ben is like in, in his... Uh, you know, behind the cameras, but I, I'm hoping he's really, like, driving the point home, what he really wants. And if it were me, I don't know, yeah, I'd, I'd be trying to really get them fired up. Just get them fired up, because they, they look like they're kind of starting in first gear. They need to be they need to be really going for it, I think. Yeah, how about you, Max? Well, like I said earlier, I mean, it's a very young dressing room. Um, so you've got to be careful not to get them too down or be too harsh in them, because young players like that don't generally have a lot of confidence if they've not had the experience of being in that situation when they're under the, under the cosh and under the pressure so I, I don't know what I'd say to them I, d- I personally don't think it's massively the players fault that we've started badly um, I think the mistakes we've been making the defensive shape in, in set pieces and you know the, the weaknesses of the formations we're playing in terms of how vulnerable we are at in certain positions isn't strictly the players fault especially when you've got you know Kilgore playing right back and stuff like that which all contributes so you know for me I would just say come on let's just do what we're do what we're doing in training we know what our strengths are let's give it a go you know it will click like we've seen it click in pre-season so you know stick to our guns we've looked good in training do what you've done in training and don't be faced by by the by the situation we're in because we know how good we are let's go prove it Um, and we should go prove it and if we don't I'm going to be seriously seriously worried um, more than I already am I actually think, although I was saying, you know, get on the ball, pass it, you know, play our game. I think, I think he's got to be telling them, you got to defend like your lives depend on it. Like the amount of goals we're conceding, the mistakes we're making, like, you know, a lot of it's just due to laziness, really, not picking up the man. I think just head every ball, you know, kick everything away, take something out of the Coughlin rule book, I guess, and just, yeah, like, so you know, I know that that's not appealing, but we got to get a win here. We I'd go in sheet. with more down that line where I'd go in and make them fear for their lives unless they're winning every tackle <laughs> and if they come off the pitch losing then don't bother coming into the dressing room because I'm going to murder them that's how I'd go and he's also going to have a P45 so <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> it could be that his job is depending I doubt uh, it is but you know no, it could, I, don't think, I, I think I speak on behalf of all of us so that I hope the referee has a great game <laughs> yeah. for his sake gonna, I, I, I really do I, yeah. I, before we end the episode I know you want to wrap up Mets, but I do want to say that we, I think we all want Ben Garner to do well. We're not like ripping into him saying, get him gone, you know, it's useless. I think we all deep down want him to do well as our manager, but I think we've just all got really strong reservations about it. And the warning signs from last season are kind of still there. And I think it, it's getting to the stage, at least for me, where it's too hard to ignore and, and stay silent on and, and, and get behind because I think, you know, we could be in big trouble if we don't sort this out quickly. So I think that's, before we end the episode I just want to say any negativity that kind of have come from me in particular is kind of stemming from that more than a dislike for the manager or anything like that is is kind of more out of concern for my club uh, staying in this league at, at, at the moment are you saying this because you're scared of him and he might listen to this yeah, and yeah, come yeah, and find yeah. you no, no. <laughs> I'm saying that because like everyone usually says I'm, I'm quite upbeat and over optimistic and then all of a sudden I've come in here like Debbie Downer and, and say <laughs> it are going down so yeah, fair enough. And uh, I think we'll end it there. Um, 
thank you Max and Mike for joining me thank you um, thank you Gasses for listening and thank you very much for your questions uh, they've yeah, certainly steered us in the right direction today and uh, if you've enjoyed this one please consider leaving us a review on iTunes and uh, up the gas up the gas up the gas up the gas